Shmois Rishen Aleph. The Eilish Shmois Bnei Yisrael, and these are the names of the sons of Yisrael. Haboyi Mitzrayma, Haboyi Mitzrayma, who came to Egypt. Es Yaakov, together with Yaakov. Ish Ubeisoi Bahu, a man and his household came. The Yisrael, and these are the names of the sons of Israel. Says Rashi, Afal Pishamon on Bechayehen Bishmaisum, although Hashem counted them in their lifetime by their names. So during the lifetimes of the Bnei Yisrael, we see that they are counted over there. The names of Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda are mentioned, and they are enumerated. But nevertheless, he counted them again at their death, or after their death. Because here we're going to learn that by Yomos, that they died. So here the Torah is counting them again uh, after, or at the time of their death, is enumerating the names of the sons of Israel again. To let us know their special uh, preciousness that the sons of Israel are compared to stars. Which Hashem takes out, brings out into the horizon and brings them in out of the horizon, by number, and by name, so when Hashem takes out the stars, He takes out with the by number, the exact amount, and also by name. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says in Yishayahu, Mem, Pasuk Chavov, HaMoysi B'Mispar Tzvo'om, one who takes out their host by number, lekulam. So the the tzvam come by numbers. So the exact amount, the numbers, lekulam to each one, to all of them. B'shem yikrei calls by name. So presumably, hamaytzi b'mispar tzvam. That's taking them out by number, and then when they are ready to go in, it says lekulam. B'shem Yikra, he calls them all by name. So we see when they come out, they come out by number. And when he calls them in, it says he calls them in by name. So we see the name and number both associated with the stars. So the same thing is the Bnei Yisrael, although they were counted during their lifetimes, their numbers, during by names. So again, after they were dying, he again counts their numbers by mentioning each one of the tribes. The Rebbe in Sichas in Chelek Vov, in Sicha, in Sicha, I think it's the um, second Sicha, or the the first Sicha in Chelek Vov, the Rebbe uh, says that this is not talking about uh, the rest of the uh, 70 souls that are mentioned later on, 
but specifically about the Bnei Yisrael, as Rashi quotes here, the Bnei Yisrael, talking about the tribes. And although there is no number for tribes over here, but the 70, as the rest were counted as part of tribes, uh, they were all as families of the tribes. So even though their number is 70, but it's still uh, the 70 people, but it's still an association as families of these tribes. So that means that they are too indirectly are numbered. And uh, But it cannot be referring to... Um, the number 70, about the 70 people, because uh, the Pasuk Rashi specifically says at the time of their death, and the, uh, and the other people uh, didn't necessarily die, and we know for sure some of them lived on and on, like Yocheved. It's only uh, the Bnei Yisrael, as the Pasuk says, uh, you know, that Yomos uh, Yosef in Pasuk Vav, that Yosef and all of his brothers died. So here uh, Rashi is explaining uh, why did the Pasik have to uh, once again uh, enumerate the names uh, specifically of the uh, Bnei Yaakov over here at this particular point? Uh, and that is for the purpose of uh, showing and expressing how much he loves them, that at the time of their passing, he still calls them by name. Pasik Beis Ruvein Shimon. Levi v'Yehuda, Pasuk Gimel, Yisachar, Zavulan, Ovinyamin. So the way he counts them over here, he counts the sons of uh, uh, Leah in the order of their birth. Uh, Reuben was first, and then then he counts Binyamin as the daughter of, uh, as this, I mean, the sons of uh, Leah, and then he counts Binyamin as the son of of Rachel. Uh, Yeshu is going to come in the end. This is the pasuk is going to talk specially, and then we have a pasuk Dalid, Don v'Naftali, God v'Asher, and that's the sons of uh, uh, Bilha, and then the sons of Zopa. Pasuk Hey, Vayi Kol Nefesh Yitzah Yerech Yaakov. Now all the descendants from Yaakov were Shivim Nefesh, were seventy souls. Yosef Hoya b'Mitzrayim, and Yosef was in Egypt, and that's why uh, that makes up uh, all the sons. That's the Bnei Yaakov. Uh, so even though the pasuk starts Abayim Mitzrayim, so eleven of them came, and Yosef was in Egypt. Zokt Rashi, Yosef Hoya b'Mitzrayim, Yosef was in Mitzrayim, Valehu Vanav Hoyu Bichlal Shivim, but him and his sons are included in the seventy. So when it says in the pasuk Vayikol Nefesh Yitzirach Yaakov Shivim that they were descendants were seventy souls, that goes in uh, him and his sons because in seventy is Ya is Yosef with Menashe and Ephraim. Those are three of the seventy. Um, so they are included in the seventy. So Umabolilamdeinu. So what is the pasuk coming to teach us? Yosef uh, Mitzrayim. If the pasuk chibosam to count them, should just count them. Maybe together Yisachar Zvulun Yosef Binyamin should have said together with there instead of separating them and saying they called Yitzchak Yaakov Nafesh Yosef Mitzrayim. So what does it come to teach us? Did we not know that he was already in, that he was in Egypt? Allah, but rather This is 
letting us know uh, the righteousness uh, of Yosef. Who Yosef Hadroye Estoyn Aviv? He was the Yosef who uh, tendered his uh, the flock of his father. Now, um, where did we have before Yosef Hadroye Estoyn? Because it says in the beginning of Yosef that Yosef uh, was a Yosef as Echov. He was a shepherd together with his brother. So um, while over there he was a shepherd of his father's flock, the flock. Uh, so then we know that he was, you know, still under his father's uh, influence, and um, definitely he was um, a righteous at that time. But who Yosef Shehoyim That's the same Yosef. The person Yosef was in Egypt. It's the same Yosef was in Egypt and. Benasa Melech, and he became a king, and still, and he retained his righteousness, and he didn't change, despite of everything that uh, took place. So, we would not know them if we would have just counted him as another son, and the Torah wants to emphasize, especially the Tzitkis of Yosef. Uh, the other ones, is no wonder, because they were always with Yaakov. But by him, he went through all these uh, different... Uh, Stuff and still he remains. So that's what the Pesach says. The Yosef, Yosef was in that Yosef was in Egypt. So now Yosef dies, and all of his brothers, and that entire generation dies. And Pesach uh, Dalad. So the Torah tells us there were seventy souls. So that's to tell us. Uh, what happens, how they multiplied. So it says, B'nai Yisrael, but the children of Israel, Paru, they were fruitful, Vayishutsu, and they swarmed, Vayirbu, and they became many, Vayatsmu, and they became very strong. And the land, the land of, of Goshen, Mitzrayim, was filled with them. So um, this is the Pasuk telling us the contrast, uh, they all came down, it was a total of 70 including um, Yosef's children that were there, in, or Yosef and his children in Israel, totally were 70. From this 70, it was Vayporu Vayishvitsu Vayirbu Vayatsim Vayidmoid. Posikas, so Vayokom Melechadosh Al Mitzrayim. Now a new king uh, arose over Egypt, Asher Lo Yoda Es Yosef, uh, who did not know about Yosef. So, Rakrashi was it Mimayoko Melachadosh, a new king got up. So Rav Shmuel, there is a, a disagreement between Rav and Shmuel over here. Chad Omar once said Chadosh uh, Mamash that he was really a new, uh, new, uh, actually a new king, as the Pashat Pshat from the words Melachadosh. And the Chad Omar once says that Melachadosh doesn't mean literally a new king, but Shenishachshuk Zeroishov. It was like a new king that his uh, decrees were um, uh, were renewed. And um, the Rashi in, in the Gemara Soita brings down that the Torah does not say the king of Egypt died over here. It just says that the king of Egypt, a uh, new king, arose. So it's so so almost applies that the old king was still alive, only that his policies had changed and he acted like a new king. So Vayokom um, Even though that uh, we're not trying to give a chronicle here of exactly what happened in Mitzrayim, only as it relates to the Yidden, but 
if we're trying to say a new king got up, the Chronicle would say that the old one died and the new one got up. So therefore, uh, Shmuel feels that uh, it doesn't mean really a new king because of that, and that's why he says, um, Also, there's in the Sikhs of the Rebbe explaining this uh, Rashi Barichas. Uh, he made himself as if he didn't know. This seems like it follows the second uh, commentary. The one who says in uh, Chachuk it couldn't be that he didn't know. He made himself like he didn't know. But perhaps this is also according to the first one who said he was a new king. It's impossible that he didn't know or didn't hear about Yosef, and Yosef played such a central role. And this followed them, so he must have heard about him. So uh, it doesn't mean here Shalayodas Yosef didn't know, but he pretended not to know. Pasuk tells Vayemer el Amoy. So he said to his people, Hine Am ben Yisrael Rav. Behold, the people of the children of Israel are uh, numerous. Vaotsumi Menu, and they're stronger than us. They multiplied so much that so they're stronger than us. It's stronger than the locals, the originals. Pasuk Yud Havan is Chak Meloi. Let's get ready. Uh, let us deal shrewdly uh, with them. Penyirba, lest they increase. Vahoya, and it'll be kisikreno milchama. War will befall us. Venesav gamhu al senenu, and they will join our enemies. Venilcham banu, and they will have war with us. Vaolamin aritz, and they will depart from the land. So we see Rashi. Rashi, Yehovah nischak b'loi. What does mean Yehovah? Call hover every time when it says hover, uh, the expression means loshen hachone. That's an expression of preparation, v'hazman uh, l'doverhu and readiness for that matters. Kolaymar hazminu atzvachem lekach. Prepare yourself for this. Hover. He says, let's get ready for this. Uh, what do we get ready? Uh, as he's going to tell them later on, uh, what we're going to do. But this chak maloi, uh, we're going to deal shrewdly. Loi, loi means uh, to him, uh, with him, uh, in a in a singular. It, it doesn't say nishak malohem, dushruli with them. It says nishak maloi with him, uh, and that's laam. Uh, that refers to the people of Israel. Let us ask nishak malasis loi. Let us dushruli what to do with him, what to do with him, what to do with the people. What to do with the with the Jewish people? So he says, get ready to let's uh, to, uh, deal shrewdly with the people. To fix the Rashi in Shmois, Perik Aleph, Posik Yud, in the Rashi Nishak Meloi. <coughs> Rashi brings down the Rabbi Seinu Dorshu that our teachers they expounded that the meaning of the word Loi over here Nishak Meloi to him is. A reference nishakim lemoshion shel Yisrael to him. That's the Jewish savior. They were actually referring the loy to Hakadosh Baruch Hu to Hashem. That let's act smart and outsmart the savior of the Yidden. That is Hakadosh Baruch Hu by how ladunam b'may. We're going to judge them, and what we're going to do to the Jewish people is we're going to judge them and we're going to annihilate and we're going to hurt them by the Mayim, by the water. And why was that something which was so smart and they're going to outsmart Hashem, the Mashiach Shal Yisrael? 
because they felt secure that for that they would not be able to get punished because since Hashem usually punishes Midah Keneged Midah so that means that Hashem would have to punish them with the punishment of water and he says Hashem has already made a Shavua as we learned earlier uh, Hashem says uh, not the that's the Pasuk of the Novi but in the Pasuk over there it says uh, two times Rashi says that, that he's not going to bring that that's a Shavua as Rashi is brought down in Parshish Noyach in uh, in Pasuk Chafalef in Perik uh, Ches and uh, Rashi says over there that at Kafal Hadover Lishvua that it was a shvur that Hashem actually swore to that effect that he won't bring any more amabu. And therefore they were counting on that, that they won't be able to get uh, punished. So that means nishak baloy to the uh, Creator, to the machine Shal Yisrael, to Hashem, that he won't be able to punish them. But but they, the Egyptians, did not understand shal kol ha'ilam maybe that on the whole world he won't bring but he could bring upon one nation um, and uh, that means that even if he needed to come on to this measurement he would still be able to do that although we don't find in the end that uh, the uh, the uh, I'm actually we do find at the end that they were judged in the, by being thrown into the water uh, for the Nishak Beloi, they were paid measure for measure, and that's why they drowned in the in the water when the Eden went out of Egypt. And that was a whole nation. Uh, Hashem doesn't bring a marble to flood the world, but He will bring a destruction of a nation into uh, one nation. Not actually a marble, but drowning them uh, by putting them into the water. This is a similar uh, way. Uh, it almost seems like when Hashem swore not to bring a marble, that would preclude even having people drown uh, because Rashi doesn't say well Hashem is not going to bring a mabu but he's going to drown the people in the water that's there already uh, Rashi says that it uh, refers to just one nation so it seems that that would probably be if the Shavua was not to uh, bring a mabu even for uh, one nation then he wouldn't drown them because that's sort of their individual mabu uh, then look at the Mepharshim Allah min ha'aretz and he will uh, go up from the land. So it doesn't seem to be. So what happens? So why? Why is it such? Why do they feel threatened? So there will be a war. So they will add to their enemy. They'll go up. They'll leave the land. So who needs them? But Rashi says al against their will. In other words, it's not if they leave it. When well, we want to chase them out, so you know, as unfortunately the Jewish uh, lot has been that they've been chased out from their lands. That's one thing. So they want us out. But in this case, they will go out against our will because they wanted to uh, in, uh, enslave them and have them uh, be there under their control. But if they're going to uh, join the enemy, and uh, then they will go off in the land. But Rabbi Seinu Darshu and our masters, they learned here, it's like a person who curses himself. Uh, he says something, a curse about himself, but... Uh, 
Uh, he says, you know, something terrible is going to happen to me, and this means that he curses himself. But but he hangs the curse on somebody else, as, you know, cursing somebody else, not wanting to say the curse on himself. And it's as if uh, it was written, not that they will go, but we will go from the land. In other words, they will chase us out, and they will inherit the land. So in this case, in this, according to Rabbi Sayyidu, means that the Egyptians will go out from the land by force, the Jews will force them, the Bnei Yisrael will force them out. So Pasuket Aleph, so what did they do wisely? So Vayasimu Olav Sarei Misim, so they appointed over them tax collectors. So Lamana Noisei to afflict them with their burdens. Uh, the fact is that there's going to be tax collectors and they're going to have to uh, pay uh, the taxes to them, so that would... Uh, uh, afflict them. They would be remain subdued, remain underneath. But even and they built uh, store cities uh, for Paroi as piece of Islam. So by Yasim Allah, who's Allah on, on them, over them, he says Allah on the people, on the Bnei Yisrael. Misim, he says, sorry, Misim is lost in mass, it's lost in taxes, uh, tax offices. Sorry, Mishagavim Ahem Hamas. These were Officers that would collect from them the taxes. Mao Hamas, what is the uh, mass, what is the tax, uh, what the tax consists of? Uh, so uh, they have to build, that was their tax, that they have to build the store cities for Pharaoh. Uh, so a portion of their work had to go uh, as taxes, as payment uh, of taxes to Pharaoh. Laman Anoisoi to afflict him, uh, uh, again, him first to the people as the loy, uh, a love on him is all the people, a similar love on the people, Allah uh, again, it's a singular Lashon, as Rashi says, over here, Allah and Anoisoi is also the Om to uh, pain the people, uh, to burden the people, this is in the burdens, Shal Mitzrayim, that means the burdens that Mitzrayim are putting up on them. But even Orimiskinai. So what is the Orimiskinai? Rashi says Kidar Kumoi, as the Targum renders. Uh, the Targum says it's a uh, base, a tzora, a storehouse. You know, where you store store cities, uh, uh, cities of storehouses. You know, there was like storage city that you stored in there. Bechain, we find in Yeshaya of base Tzvav. It says Leich Boy Lasoichen Azeh. Go, come. To this uh, treasure, uh, 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 this treasure means Gizbar Hamimuna Alayitzres. That's a treasure who's appointed over the storehouses. So Soichen comes from the Lashon, from the language of Miskinai. So we hear, which is storehouses. As Pisim Beis Ramsis, Pisim Ramsis. The Rashi should Loi Hayiru is Mitchila Lekach. They weren't uh, originally fit. Uh, they were not fit for this kind of a. Of uh, storage, and they made them. They built them uh, to make them strong and fortified, so that they can use as a storage. You know, to hold the storage in there. So uh, basically, that was part of the anoisim and their burden was to to do on fit land and to change it around to make it uh, into. Uh, uh, these storage places, prosecute uh, base, the Chasheriano Oisoi. But as much as they would afflict them, Kenyir bevechin Yifrat. So they did multiply, and so they did gain strength. Strength. Vayakutsu mipnei bnei Yisrael, 
and they were disgusted uh, because of the Bnei Yisrael. So, uh, in whatever way that they said they're hard to afflict them, uh, so the heart of the Holy One of Hashem. So, they had a heart of Hashem said to, uh, uh, to, to, to multiply and to strengthen and to uh, spread out. Uh, so did they multiply and so did they gain strength so this is what happened so which Hashem wants uh, Hashem puts his heart there should be Yirba Yifritz but in the Medrash Ruach HaKodesh this was like the Ruach HaKodesh is saying this you say Pen Yirba I'm saying so they said Pen Yirba, they said Pen Yirba, and the same thing is that Pen um, Yifritz, uh, even though it doesn't say before specifically Pen Yifritz, it just says Pen Yirba, and that's why it actually just brings down Kane Yirba, but it's also understood from the following the Pasik, Ken Yifritz, even though it doesn't say before in the Pasik, that there was also part of, they said, Pen Yifritz, and the response is Chain Yifritz, Nechayram. Not sure about that. By Yokutsu, Dr. Ashi, Kotsu Bechayim, they were disgusted with their lives. The Egyptians were disgusted with their lives, they just couldn't take the Bnei Yisrael. But Rabbi Seinu Darshan and uh, by Yakutsu, um, that the Israel were like thorns in their eyes uh, of the Egyptians. So the Egyptians enslaved the children of Israel with back breaking uh, labor. Forech means back breaking labor. With hard work, that breaks the body and uh, crushes the body and breaks it. Um, that's the kind of work that they made them work. Uh, so the tax work that they had to do for them. Um, there's also other interpretations. They come on with a soft mouth. Uh, they first persuaded them, and then they. But the pshat parach means and they embitter their lives with hard labor, with uh, mortar, with clay, with bricks, with with all kinds of uh, service uh, in the field. All work that they worked with them was before it was back-breaking labor. Uh, and the Rebbe points out in the Sikha Beis in Chelik Vav and Shmois that the, um, despite the fact that there were other Avoidas, but the main Avoida uh, that the uh, Bnei Yisrael worked for them was actually the Levenim. Uh, was uh, putting together the the bricks and uh, the part of the Egyptians uh, golos was the fact that they took the they embittered their life they took the life the vitality and the chayas and the uh, buildings that you didn't have to build for Hashem the Yerelikenu uh, the city of God and make a dirim and they transferred their chayas and they had them build bricks for or the miskinus 
And the Rebbe explains Ba'arichas there the whole uh, concept of Levenim and how um, how that uh, represents the the uh, uh, ultimate bitterness of Rosh Chayyim, and then eventually uh, how this brings a rab about the uh, highest level in the redemption from the Golos. So the king of Egypt spoke to the uh, Hebrew midwives. One name of the woman was Shifra, and the second one was Pua. So Rashi, Lam Yaldis means Uloshin may lead those who give birth. Uh, there's a light form, and and then there is a heavy form. Uh, like similar to shaver breaks and meshaber shatters or doiver says and medaber speaks so our uh, same thing is uh, that uh, so Rashi classifies the Hebrew conjugation those that have a dogish in the second root letter and those that do not of the seven conjugations three have a dogish and four do not. Since it is more difficult to pronounce the letter with the Dagesh, those conjugations are referred to as the heavy form, and those without the Dagesh are referred to as the light, Kalim. So who is this Mayaldis? Uh, this was Shifra, Zu Yerchavet, this was Yerchavet, Shem Shem Shaperes of Lad, because she beautified Mishaperes, uh, the newborn infant, the, the Vlad, that's why she was called Shifra. And Pua, and Pua, this was uh, so Miriam, this was Miriam. Shapua Mdaberes Vahigil Vlad, because she uh, cried, Pua, and talked, and uh, cooed to the uh, newborn infant. Uh, in the manner of women who uh, soothe a crying infant. Uh, Pua loshen tzaka. Pua is an expression of crying out. Like a travailing woman, will I cry? Efe. Uh, and the Rashi in Saita 11b explains that she played with the infant to soothe and amuse him. Um, now the reason, the reason why Rashi needs to explain that Shifra and Pua. Uh, uh, were uh, the special women Yecheved and Miriam, and not just any Meyaldis. I mean, number one, they needed to um, take care of many uh, children uh, there, so two doesn't seem to be sufficient. And also, um, it seems like, um, as uh, they're going to say later on, that they, uh, the Jewish women didn't really need uh, Meyaldis. They gave birth without the midwives, and um, so on one hand, you know, there's only two. Maybe these two are like the head ones, but uh, uh, the king of Egypt spoke to the head, uh, to the head Mialdis, to the main uh, supervising Mialdis. But um, um, as the Rebbe explains also in the Zikha, but in the Pashtus also, um, we, um, um, as, as the Rebbe explains over there, that they... Um, brought uh, not just the Mialdis, but these uh, Mialdis, these midwives, they brought general courage to the entire Jewish population. So they had to be something distinguished, someone, some, somewhere special in there. And that's why Rashi thinks that uh, this Medrash, that it was Yecheved and Miriam, 
uh, the mother, mother and daughter who were central figures in the whole uh, story uh, that takes place in the exodus and the uh, in the procedure, in the process of going out of uh, Mitzrayim, that they played a role, and that was them, that was Shifra and and, and Pua. Posik Tazayim. Vayoymer, and he said, Vayaletchen uh, esa Ibriyais, when you deliver the Hebrew woman, Uri Isan, Allah Abnoyim, and you shall see on the birth stall. Imbein hu, if it's a son, then uh, then you shall kill him. You should put him to death. The Imbasi and if she is a uh, girl of uh, a she may live. Um, so um the Pasik says Bialatchen mean Kimoibaitchen when you give uh uh birth, uh, birth you have them birth, Allah of Naim. And you'll see on the Avnaim that's what she says, Maishiva Isha that's the place where the woman who gives birth sits. Another place that's referred to as the Mishbar. Uh, the seat, another place of the tools of a potter. So, uh, on the stone, stone is the place where you do uh, the seat of the roots of the potter. Um, in bain who zokt rashi goimer rashi lohe makpidela zchorim. He only was concerned with the males. Shomru leyat stagnino for his stargazers told him shosid livolid ben amashiyosim that there was destined to be born a son that is going to save them. So they wanted to get rid of them. So he said therefore that you should see if it's a boy you should kill him. What it means v'chayo v'chayo means v'tichya she shall live. Um, so we see um, that he wanted two things. He wanted to kill the males. Um, why does he have to say that if she's a daughter, she will live? Um, you know, who, who, what do we care about the daughters? He just says, if it's a son, you should kill him. Um, but um, the Rebbe explains that part of the decree was that uh, even those people that were left, he wanted the choyo, that they should... It's more not not just to live by themselves, but they should give them the highest that the the life force should come from the Egyptian culture. So besides whoever they can annihilate, like the boys, they wanted to annihilate. That's totally. But even the girls, then is v'choya uh, that should be under their influence. Rabbi also explains very interesting in the sicha in Chelik Aleph how how uh, we're going to see in the later on in the Pasuk that he told him that the Ben Ayilad in the air Rashi already mentioned about the water because he said uh, with regards to the water but um, he says that throwing them into the uh, water means also the Nile and the of uh, Mitzrayim which is represented by the Nile River which was their source of Parnassah and throwing in uh, children in there means to uh, give them an overwhelming culture of uh, of the prevailing culture that the Nile River is the sustenance, and uh, that's the sort of metaphorically what means drowning the children in the Nile River. But anyways, um, so the midwives, however, feared Hashem. So they did not do as the king of Egypt has spoken to them. 
es hayilodim, and they uh, gave life to the uh, children. But chayenu is more than, as we'll see in Rashi, is more than just allow them to live. But but chayenu hayilodim Rashi, they enabled the boys to live. Mesapkus la mayim umozen, they provided water and food for them. Targumarishen, the first, the word. But Chayen is found in in in, in Posik uh, Yudzayin, and also in uh, later on in Posik uh, Yudches. Uh, in, uh, in, uh, in that's the next uh, and over there, uh, the first one is trust the They enabled to live, and the second one is Tagvurishin vekayama vasheni vekayamtin. The second vekayamtin, and you enabled to live. The first one is they enabled to live, and the second the tagum translates, and you enabled to live. Because uh, that was uh, the complaint of Pari to them. But Chayeno, the Fishaloshin Ivris, the Nikeva, the Nikeva Srabba. Because in Hebrew, for the feminine plural, these words and others like it are used as the third person past tense and the second person past tense the fishaloshin even in the cave of rabbis tevezu kayetsu ba mashamshis loshin poli the loshin po aloshin kigoin for for example batimarno ish mitri and they said batimarno an egyptian man mitri loshin avar it's a past kimoi va yomru lishorim Expression, um,